Welcome to Empowering Chats with Susan Burrell. This is where I help strong, capable women excavate the inner garbage in their life so they can become more confident and have more clarity on who they are and how they really want to be in the world. We have rich, juicy conversations about, yeah, you guessed it, empowerment, but also about radiating your brilliance and loving yourself more than you ever have in your life. And who doesn't want that? So join me now for another empowering chat. Cheers, everybody. It's February. Woohoo! And I, I don't know if you can see my mug. Maybe it's just an audio, but it says, find joy in the journey. And for the month of February, the theme under be expansive is explore. E for explore. And this is what the definition of explore is. It's kind of fun. To traverse or range over an area for the purpose of discovery, to look into closely, scrutinize, examine. So exploring this month, where where do you need to kind of range over and walk around, look at things, scrutinize? Where do you need to go within to explore within yourself? And, And I'm sure that there's little pockets of ooey gooey inside your mind that has held your emotions in a cyclical experience. So if you're feeling overwhelmed, anxious, depressed, angry, resentful, oh wait, that was me last year. Hold on. (laughs) But if you're feeling those things, um, to really go within and begin to scrutinize, is that real? Does that even exist? Explore. Is that the I want as my primary emotion and explore how you feel when you wake up in the morning because I know sometimes I wake up cranky and it's, it's not very nice my my husband bounces out of bed happy all the time but I kind of wake up cranky and some of that is because I I have residual emotional goo that I haven't dealt with and maybe you're that kind of person too and so exploring and how I explore that is by is through journaling. I journal a lot to see, okay, wow, I'm feeling this. Is this real? Meaning is it, is it an old emotion that just keeps cycling up into my experience because I haven't addressed it and released it? Or is it an emotion that is trying to catch my attention? So then you want to scrutinize that. You want to explore it and see, and then go get out out of your house, out of your comfort zone, believe me, that is another way to be expansive is to get out of your comfort zone and do something that challenges you. You know, uh, take an art class, go, I have a friend who does pottery. She hasn't taken a class in a few years and she's going back to take some master classes because she wants to explore other techniques and things she doesn't know about yet. So maybe an art class, maybe it's joining a hiking group, maybe it's learning how to sail if you live by the ocean or paddleboarding. Explore that. That was an intense one for me when I did it, thinking of doing it this summer. But exploring, exploring, and exploring those places within yourself that maybe you've kind of shut the door and forgotten about. Maybe it's time to explore what are you willing to let go of? like in cleaning out your mental and emotional closet, what can you really let go of? Do you really need to have those emotions hanging on, dragging behind you like Marley's ghost, right? Because I'm telling you right now, you don't. Life is meant for happiness. Life is meant to be lived with love and joy and creativity. Life is meant to be, feel rich and juicy and opulent. So I just invite you to explore within yourself, outside of yourself, and see what you find. Because I think you might find that you've been given an amazing gift called life. And it's time to really be expansive and live it. Just a thought for the day. Enjoy our shows. So welcome to Empowering Chats with Susan Burrell. I, I, you guys... I am so excited to have this individual on the show. I, When I saw the title of her book, I was sharing this with her before we started. When I saw the title of her book, I was like, I got to get me some. 
And I have been reading the book. It's just a remarkable book. It's for it's for everyone actually, but it is specific to what this woman does and she's so magnificent in it. So I want to welcome the author of Archangel Alchemy Healing, Alexa Wenman. Alexa, thank you for joining me. Oh, thank you, honey. I love that you called me Alexa. <laughs> oh my God. It's Alexandra, but I might actually recoin my name to Alexa because I think that we need to take over the AI. <laughs> Look at that. I love it. I actually love I, it. <laughs> your name is Alexandra. Where that came from, we'll find out. Really interesting because when I was younger, I used to call myself Alex and it took me a long time to actually step into my full name. And then when I went through my whole spiritual awakening journey and, and, I, and I got really strong guidance, you have to own, oh, my lights are going, look at this. Yes, there's definite <laughs> visitation. So I, I really felt like I had to step into the full meaning of the name and I always felt so connected with Egypt. And then I realized that my full name is Alex and Ra. <laughs> and I was like, oh amazing. my goodness, I got chills. <laughs> I got chills. Wow, that is amazing. So this is, ooh, we're going to start at a different place than what I thought. Oh, I love um, <laughs> would, you, would you share with everybody um, how you started in this journey of embodying and teaching alchemy? Then we'll go into the definition of alchemy, but a little bit short on your, on your journey because you're a channeler, an author, and so many more things. So if you would share with everybody about your awakening. Oh my goodness. Well, I've pretty much been awakened uh in well, in the um in the sense of feeling and seeing and sensing spirit since birth, I think, since I was very young because I I died at birth. I was actually my mother was told I was going to be a stillborn. I flatlined and they miraculously resuscitated me. Both my hips were dislocated and I was yanked and high forceped out into the world. I was half turned around the other way. So I think I was trying to climb back out anyway. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so I had, uh, I always had a, a really strong connection to spirit and the angels, but I, I did shut it down for a time, but the alchemy thing started. I didn't really realize what I was doing was alchemy. It was just what I'd always done. And I, and I, and I, I knew that what I was doing was channeling again by some fluke. I just kind of did what I did and I never really gave it a title except that around 2011, I, I started to channel a, a group of beings. I'd always worked with angels, but I started to channel a really high vibration group of beings called the Higher Galactic Councils of Light. Yes. And <clears throat> before they stepped in, I had two huge, which I've written about in the book, in the Archangel Alchemy book, two huge visitations by Archangel Metatron, and then again by a being called Lord Melchizedek, who I believe is the consciousness of our entire universe. And both of them came through with this message about spiritual alchemy. And they said, you need to explore your spiritual alchemy. You are an alchemist. And we're going to start bringing you information about what this is. In, uh, I think it was around 2009, 2010, I started to bring through the channelings for the Archangel Alchemy book. So this is a like a 12, 13 year journey really to bring through their transmissions and I actually had started writing about this work as a column in a magazine called Prediction back in the day it's just little snippets of it and then I sort of developed it over the years and taught about it um, but yeah the alchemy thing was pretty massive in the beginning of uh, 2012 they started to bring me uh, symbols beautiful symbols <laughs> sacred <laughs> geometric shapes and different attunements that I could teach to people and um, I actually developed a, a healing system called Precious Wisdom Alchemy, which embodies and incorporates all of that information. But then the Archangel Alchemy work that I'd been doing, which I'd just seen as like, I suppose I'd always thought it was going to be a book and a course in its own right. It was only in during the lockdown, well, sort of just before the lockdown 2019, that they started really talking to me about this as being its own healing system because I used to teach it as kind of separate little workshops, get to know each archangel and their, their symbols. And then Gabriel came through and said, this is an ascended alchemy system, alchemical system, and it all goes together as one body of work and we need you to bring it through. And I got put through. So, my 
I, 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 and you have some of those stories in the book too. So explain to everybody about the ascended masters, what the angels are teaching, archangels are teaching about that. And then I want to go more deeply into alchemy because it is a, it is an, a very ancient, 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 I would say wisdom process. Mm, absolutely. And, and you're using it for healing, which is fabulous. Yes. So, well, actually, um, I could I could start with the angels would say, and particularly the archangels, and what they're saying to me now is that every single person is an ascended master and every single person has the capability and the potential to reach the level of mastery. And it is, you know, there isn't really any hierarchy. People are just at different stages on their journey here on the earth plane. But ultimately, we all have angelic qualities. We all have the potential to become embodied angels really we are because we are the divine having a human experience um in terms of alchemy the ancient alchemists many will know about alchemy as being the process of turning lead into gold and it being a a, a kind of a, a physical process a, a chemistry process but really what those ancient alchemists were doing was in the process of trying to turn the lead into gold they were trying to alter their reality, their physical daily reality. And actually that process was an internal process. It was a conscious mm. a process mm. within their own consciousness. And, you know, you've got Carl Jung who, who talked about that later, but you have ancient alchemists such as Flamel. And some of the earliest alchemists were actually women. There was a Cleopatra the alchemist way, way back in the day. And, and, and women were really... Um, you know, the forebearers of this work, and they maybe didn't call it alchemy necessarily, but alchemy to me is changing the, 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 the prima materia, changing something from one state to another. So when we're mm -hmm. working with spiritual alchemy, and I obviously I use the archangels and their technology as the gateway to access this higher consciousness, what we're doing really is I see it as we're diluting our belief systems and our 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 programming really this belief that we are just human and that we're just 3d and that we're limited and that we're we're base and that we're animal and that we're nothing more we're diluting that with more and more light more and more knowledge more and more wisdom particularly you know the main substance is unconditional love we're letting go of judgment and we're really polishing up that lens so that we may know ourselves as divine and as powerful co-creators of our of our own reality so we can change our life and our reality with this work mm -hmm. i and i have experienced it personally in, in all the different inner uh practices that i use that my physical body shifts into health and wellness when i do this in in a blink of an eye if if you are i want to use the word adept if you're adept at this, if you practice it, if you really are attuned to the truth of your beingness. And, you know, Alexandra, my vision and prayer has always been that we cross a, this new bridge that we're in the process of building now into that awareness of unity and oneness and light and love and with all the even bringing along our shadow sides to to absolutely you can't well, you can't do it without your shadow it's it's nothing is left behind and, and nothing yes. is outside of the divine I mean I've written a whole chapter on the mathematics of it in the book and what I love about the the mathematics of it and the sacred geometry and the patterns of nature is there is absolutely nothing outside of the divine the darkest yes. darkness, the brightest light, it's all part of that divine oneness. Nothing sits outside of it. It's only in our judgment that there's separation. It's like yin and yang. Exactly. And the, and uh, and I'm seeing the Fibonacci sequence, you know, as you're bringing this up. And up until now, humanity has been taught very strongly with the um, world religions and then the men who began to utilize those religions as positions and seat of power for themselves everything got not necessarily forgotten but it had to it had to hide in a way right the alchemists had to hide 
their skill sets, hide their wisdom. Um, you know, it's part of where why sacred texts like the Nag Hammadi got hidden for so long because humanity did a, a warped experiment. It's a distortion, wasn't it? Really? Yes, it was. And you talk about we are in in the time frame of a great revealing that the shadow collective of humanity is now revealing itself very strongly especially the last i want to say 10 years you know all the all the garbage that's showing up around the world wherever you live all the wars and hatred and, and you know all of that stuff is that shadow side exposed so that those of us that are the light bringers and the light leaders right can help with this healing process that really we're and ascending process that we're involved in that's absolutely right one of the things that the archangels particularly talk to me about is how so many people can look at what's happening in the world around them and feel absolutely powerless but on some level we're all complicit in what's going on we've all enabled it and we've all allowed it to happen and we each have within us a small part of the thing that's being shown to us and the way that I use alchemy and the way that they've shown me how to use the alchemy is in order to heal something, you have to become it. I mean, it's it's realized that it is a part of you. If you are divine, there is nothing outside of you. There is nothing that you cannot make peace with. And it's really powerful work, especially if you're looking at someone like Putin or say we were looking at someone like Hitler. I mean, those characters in history, I mean, that's pretty horrific stuff. As on a human level to look at, that absolutely horrific stuff was done. But in order to heal us as a humanity, we need to heal every part. We need to leave no stone unturned. Now, that doesn't say that what happened was okay on any level. Right. But we have to be able to forgive. And if you can go in through yourself, I kind of do a process where I'm constantly going inward, as I know you do too, Susan, it's always the looking in. If there's an obstacle in your path, say, like, you know, we could look at, you know, the need to make money, poverty consciousness, or, you know, they're talking about this cost of living crisis on the world right now. What I do is I kind of go, well, what's this obstacle in my path? And whatever that obstacle is, it might be, oh, I, well, I'm not, I'm not earning enough money or, you know, I don't feel um, abundant enough. Okay, so I see that obstacle as like a block in my path, or I might see it as a stone. We can use the stone symbolism because the philosopher's stone. And I let myself become that obstacle. And in doing that, what it does is it kind of, I look at all the uh, kind of feel into the blockages because you, we're all feeling mm -hmm. beings, even if people don't find themselves to be particularly clairvoyant or clairaudient, even if you don't feel like you have those skills, we all have feelings. And we all have emotions. And so I just kind of scan through the body and go, where is this obstacle really? Where is it within me? Is it in my heart? Is it in my throat? Is it in my body somewhere? Where can I feel that? And if that could present itself like a, a blockage, what would that look like? And then I become it. I become the actual blockage. And I sort of allow myself to take on its consciousness. So how would I feel if I was that obstacle? What would I be representing? Why would I be there? Because these blocks aren't in our lives for no reason. They're there to teach us something. And if we can uh, get the lesson from it, then we can start to take on that lesson and transmute it. And then we don't need the obstacle anymore. And this can be on a physical, mental, emotional, spiritual level. I mean, the denser the, the obstacle, the more it can show up as physical illness, for example. Yes. Now, I do believe that we can heal illness unless it is it has a purpose unless the, its purpose is the gateway out of the body into the afterlife. So we can obviously never make guarantees, but I do believe that things like her inherited hereditary illness can be healed. And I've written a little bit about epigenetics and uh, Dr. Bruce Lipton's work in the book as well. And he's proven that in the test tube, you can actually change hereditary disease by positive thoughts and feelings and beliefs. So, you know, I find this incredible. If we see everything all of nature, all of reality as a part of ourselves and something to be loved and embraced and learnt from rather than something to be feared and to run from and to suppress, 
then you know it's the whole universe and the world becomes actually a glorious playground rather than something that's quite terrifying and that to me is yes. the true alchemist understands that uh, understands i am god goddess it isn't separate from me it exists within me and all around me yes and moves through us all the time absolutely you know so it's it's interesting Alexandra, because we've just come through, well, we are not even, are we through? I don't know if we're really through, but this whole global pandemic thing. And, and so many people just during lockdown, never left their home. I'm just now seeing friends that, you know, they, they're sharing with me. We, we never left the house except to go get the grocery store. We stopped eating out. We stopped this. They stopped. So literally they're, 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 expansive world, if you will, became very, very, very narrow. And in that smallness, in that narrow place of living, there wasn't a lot of, a lot of people didn't really take that opportunity because it was a huge opportunity for inner growth, for interconnection with divine wisdom, with alchemy. No, you know, so, and, and now I'm meeting, you know, in in i live in california right and so when on the freeway you get on the freeway again and there's the crazy people what you you weren't driving for two and a half three years anywhere, and now you, <laughs> right and now you're driving like a crazy person again what did you not learn anything and that's the thing that um saddens me mm -hmm. is people instead of moving in my mind forward as they have hopefully grown and shifted and awakened more become more aware of being a conscious being um uh, so many people are rewinding back to what their old behaviors were and to me that is like a block you know that's a big boulder in the road of humanity's growth there's a big lesson in in this so that i'm seeing it and i know dolores cannon spoke about this that there was going to be a divide in humanity and I'm, I've really been seeing this lately where there are those that are really clinging on to the patriarchy and the 3D and the mm. old ways. And it's like the sinking ship. They, they're going, they want to go down with the sinking ship. And there are those that are just like new earth all the way. Let's go. Let's do this together. Let's, you know, let's, let's build it together. Let's honor each other. Let's live in love. And we're all finding our soul tribe. And what the what the angels are kind of talking to me about as we speak is is this is an, a huge opportunity for us to come out of judgment and live and let live. And you're going to find, and I'm seeing this in my personal life, but I'm hearing it from friends that people who have been friends for years and years and years are just separating and going their separate ways. And sometimes there's not even a conversation that's been had. It's not like they've had an argument or anything. It's just literally overnight not hearing from people again they've just decided to cut ties for whatever reason and it's quite painful but the, the energies are so strong and this this um this switch up it's like you're either on the awakened path at the moment it seems or you're staying with the old it's a little bit of, I think, cognitive dissonance as well. I know that I had it well, in, a, yeah. in a small way when I used to edit a prediction magazine and they tried to fold the magazine four years in a row. Every they, they try to fold it and I'd save it and we'd keep it running and I'd have friends writing for free and everyone doing favors. And I'd be like, not on my watch. I'm going to save this magazine. And eventually it, the whole thing collapsed out from under me. And um, it was a horrible time because I actually got blamed for its demise, even though I'd single-handedly saved it for years. But it was like I hadn't listened to the cues, right? Let it go. It is leaving. It is It is done its dash. Stop trying to defibrillate it back to life. And yeah, I feel yes. about this old world. It's crumbling beneath us. It is a house of cards. And we have to start building the new. But I have absolutely no judgment for the people that are that are holding on, I just feel compassion for them because it's scary for them. You know, if you're not aware of what's going on, it must be downright terrifying. And um, I actually, you know, I, you know, I've, I've had conversations like that with family members where they've gone, I don't want to know. I don't want to know. Don't talk to me about this. And I'm like, yeah. well, why don't you want to know? And they're like, well, because I'm scared because, and so they just rather be the ostrich with the head in the sand. Yep. I, my mom was that way. 
um, when I was explaining to her the crumbling of the patriarchy and how important it is that it happens. And because we're, we're, we've moved into a higher conscious uh, awakening of the divine feminine leading in a, like you were mentioning, a collaborative, we all work together in, in, and, and it's a circle, right? So women sit on a circle and men sit at the top of the mountain and say, I rule everything. And my mom freaked out. She's like, who's going to be in charge? Wait, if, if, if we're all sitting on a circle, who's in charge? I was like, mom, we'll figure that part out. That's not, and she was so fearful that, you know, she eventually passed over, Oh, bless. you know, because she was just that scared. And, and I'm watching at the moment, isn't there? I'm mm. seeing so many people um, in my family and, and others, you know, and I'm not, when I think about the individuals that are crossing possibly earlier, yeah. um, most, most often they, they were living their life out of fear yeah. and anger and not from a place of love and compassion. Most often, you know, my uncle just crossed over this last year and my mom's brother, and he really kind of hit this wall where he's like, okay, I did everything I was supposed to do. I'm really just done, just done. And it was a surprise to the family because we have longevity in our family and his son and his wife were rescuing, rescuing, rescuing. It took him a long time because he felt such love and compassion for those people, mm-hmm. you know, that his death was going to leave them so upended. And so he stayed longer. He stayed longer and suffered more because okay. he didn't, he wanted to, care for them and then finally he said that's it I'm done you know yeah, and I just yeah. think that happens yeah we're, a friend a friend of a very close friend has just passed in the last day and I'm the same as you my my mother's brother and my mother's sister passed this year and another close friend two close friends of mine also passed this year it was like one after the other after the other and that is it it's an interesting time because I almost feel like there's a soul choice because one way or another, what the angels are saying is we're all going through a death portal right now. We are all going Mm. through that portal. Mm. Some of us are choosing to remain embodied and some of us are choosing to step across the veil. And there are those who will be helping from the other side. And there are also those that are kind of coming straight back in. I know that um, I uh, I was on a trip in 2019 and um, one of the, the the people on our trip was actually killed. And I could see he came straight back in and was born wow. again as his own grandson. And it looks exactly like him and everything is the same soul just circled straight back in. Um, and it's almost like as you go through that death portal, whether you're embodied or whether you're passing, you're going to be shedding so much. Um, I do do a bit of soul midwifery and I do help souls pass and, what I've seen when when the person who's passing passes from not just from the people close to them, but from the planet, some of them, some of these are very high vibration souls that have chosen to come in and hold some of the suffering for the earth and the grief for the earth and bring it through their own bodies. So, for example, things like cancer can be pockets of that, that trauma that they've taken on from the earth herself as well. Um, and one person I, I, I saw passed, was actually taking a lot of the suffering from humanity as a whole. And when she passed, I could feel like tentacles of stuff being pulled off me myself as I helped her pass. Um, There was another guy many years ago, as he passed, I actually literally felt like I'd been scrubbed clean from the inside out Mm. Um, and was able to be privy to some of their life review as well. And it, it was actually amazing that as they passed, they were just remembering the best bits of being alive. Like it was all love. It was just the best bits of life. You know, they didn't remember the suffering. They weren't holding on to that. They'd let it go as they passed, but they were also opening that gateway. And I kind of see us all as sort of punching holes in these invisible astral ceilings that we have around us because eventually as a soul, if you reach a certain level of awareness, you're able to transcend the reincarnation cycle and then you're given the choice as to which dimension you'd like to go to at, at the death point, which is um, something they've also showed me how to do, how to guide people through that to send them home. And I think I'm, 
I must have learned that in Egypt. But yeah, on a, on a human level now, you know, for those watching, we have to honor that we're going through the biggest alchemical shift, whether we're consciously practicing alchemy or not, it is happening for us. It's happening to us where it's like we're in a melting pot, we're in a soup and we are literally transforming from the lead, the base level belief that we are just these useless blobs of flesh into this knowing that we are divine. And what I love is that it's making the mainstream news. You know, I opened up, there's a there's a magazine here in London called Stylist Magazine. And Stylist is just uh -huh. like a women's fashion magazine, right? Free thing that they hand out. And so they opened it up and on the Christmas shopping list was a bunch of sage. And they were like, give this to, you know, give this to the person that annoys you so they can smudge their aura so they stop irritating you. And they made a funny about it. But they were still putting a bunch of sage on the Christmas list. I was like, when would you have seen that in a mainstream magazine? It's really, no. really rapid now. It's they are, and you know, it's it's so interesting to me that people are awakening without realizing they're awakening. It's just becoming normal. It's becoming part of the vocabulary, and that's part of the beauty of the alchemy. It's little by little, it it seeps in, and there it is. Yes, and 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 it's so fun to watch and listen to those individuals as they as they come across sage or a crystal yeah. and go, oh, you know, this. And which is my my entire house is girded with crystals everywhere. <laughs> um, right. But so so let's talk a bit about in, in the book, Archangel Alchemy Healing, you talk about the diamond um, and the rainbow colors of the diamond. And that I have been using as an image, didn't really understand why for several years. It just came to me in meditation. So that's, I step into that diamond crystal and, and do whatever spiritual work I'm meant to for that day or time. So let's talk about that. What, why the diamond? What's the purpose of it? It's, it goes back to sacred geometry, right? Yeah, the, well, so much. I mean, first of all, you know, the, the white light, the pure white light of the divine, if you were to run that through a crystal like sunlight through a diamond, it would fractal into all of those rainbow colors. And to me, yeah. that shows the multidimensional nature of our consciousness, that it isn't flat, it isn't one, it is is multi, multi, multi. Um, and, the, you know, you think about a rainbow, you think about how much joy it brings you and the gold at the end of the rainbow, of course, is the, yeah. the gold of the soul that you find as you chase the rainbow. And the more you chase a rainbow, the more it seems to move away from you. So this to me talks about the expansion of consciousness. I think about the question mark, something that whenever I channel a message, often the, uh, the, the question that they leave or the, the phrase that they leave me with is like the calling card is remember who you are. And every mm -hmm. time they say, remember who you are, I kind of go, who am I? You know, you go, who am I? And then it makes your brain search for memory. It stretches our neural pathways. It starts to get us getting curious about, well, well, who am I then? Well, who have I been? And I mean, I'm one of those weird people that like I started to just spontaneously remember other lifetimes, past lives, different, different lives in different dimensions without having regression. I just like an emotion would dislodge and then suddenly I was in a memory and I would, I would remember mm. it. But the people that I, I believe there are those of us that have carried this diamond frequency for a, a really, really long time. And we were trained how to access it, activate it back in the day. There were the Gnostics, there were the Essenes, the Cathars, the Hermetics in ancient Egypt. And to me, this is basically the energy of the divine. It's the, it's the frequency of the highest, clearest, purest, unconditional love energy. It's love with no judgment. So it's it's different than, say, you know, we think of romantic love, we think of maternal love, we think of the love of friendship, we think of compassion. But unconditional love, it isn't good or bad, it isn't right or wrong, it just is. It is like the light, the light of existence, and it's the light of life. And interestingly, those rainbow colors, they also exist in the blackest of black. You know, if you see a magpie's wing, for example, and you see all the right, right. in that. But the symbolism of the diamond is that it forms under great pressure and a little bit like the alchemy, you know, it's, it's the, the pressure that forms it. So you're going through 
um, tough times, helps to shape us, helps to bring us through. And we can, we can choose to extract the gold of that situation or we can choose to see it as a negative situation. But it's almost like you'll keep going down until you, until you find the light at the end of the tunnel. But I've got loads of symbolism in the book about it. I think of the, the diamond consciousness as being, I, I guess, the, the symbol of the highest human spiritual attainment of wisdom, of illumination, but also of integrity. You know, if you're operating from that diamond spectrum, if we look at the rainbow as also being a symbol of the LGBTQIA, you know, the, the, right, this, right. this rainbow tribe, there's actually an ancient Native American prophecy that, you know, when the rainbow tribe arrives on earth, that you know the, that they'll they will start to take care of the earth again, and they'll you know the the plants will be nurtured and nature will be um, regenerated and rejuvenated, and it will be be the beginning of the new golden age. So there's so much symbolism in it. Interestingly, in this diamond frequency, there's an activation in the book about the cosmic, the great cosmic diamond heart, and the heart being the portal to that wisdom. But on the science level, there is actually a massive cosmic diamond floating in space, which is a, a star that died and actually crystallized into something like a gazillion trillion carats that scientists have nicknamed Lucy. So when the when the angels talk to me about this cosmic diamond heart, there is actually a physical massive diamond planet out there in the in the cosmos. I find that well, astounding. that's the Beatles song, isn't it? Lucy, Lucy in the, the sky, sky with diamonds. Yes, and also so the LSD would take you into the DMT, which would take you into those other levels of consciousness. So wow. plant medicine, psychotropics, all of that. But, you know, I've never done any plant medicine and I've not never doubled in substances for some reason. You know, I wrote in the book actually that I believe that because of the, my traumatic death birth experience, that there was a lot of natural DMT that flooded my brain and that I, I have this ability to kind of tune in because of that. Um, and also I think that a lot of people that have had near-death experiences and, and huge shock and trauma in their lives also have that, that, that the brain gets flooded with it to uh, to help you survive, I suppose, to help you yes. retain that hope. And So explain to everybody what DMT is in case they don't know. Right. Well, I'm not going to try and pronounce the word. It's a very, very long word, but it is actually a, yeah. naturally, it's a naturally occurring chemical in the brain. It's actually formed, I think, in the pineal gland of the brain. And it is responsible for us having things like visions and dreams and, and extrasensory experiences, really. And um, so they do. They You can take DMT as a they can they can do kind of ceremonies with it as a supplement, but it is present in a lot of plant medicines such as ayahuasca. Mm -hmm. um, but one of the guys, um, Rick, what was his name? Rick Strassman did a study in the 90s on DMT. And one of the things that he discovered was that it does spike during times of trauma, great trauma. Mm. And people had, had like traumatic experiences seem to have larger amounts of naturally occurring DMT in their brain. And I do think that that's one of the reasons why, you know, for, I, for example, that I came in really open from birth, from that original birth trauma. Um, and I've looked at other studies done by, say, Dr. Raymond Moody, Dr. Eben Alexander on the brain. And what it actually proves is that the brain is not consciousness. Consciousness goes beyond the brain we actually have multiple yeah. brains we have a heart brain we have a gut brain we you know we 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 know so much more and they've done so many studies at the institute of noetic sciences in your neighborhood or in your state yep, um, yep. they yep. can actually prove that people can have extrasensory perception and pick up things through remote viewing and channeling that they never could have known so the diamond frequency as well, to me, it's in our DNA. It's, it's anchored into our DNA, like the supercomputer of our divinity. And if we can tap into it, it's like a super highway of all the knowledge that ever existed and ever will exist. And so this is why these activations in the book, they take you into your multidimensional mind so that you can tap into your divine mind. Now, when I teach this as a healing system, the feedback's been absolutely incredible. And, you know, it's to me, it's 
you, also the diamond brings exceptional clarity and it's the hardest yes. substance on earth. So it, it protects, it cuts things. They cut with diamonds. So it cuts through all the proverbial crap. And to me, this system, it acts like a laser pointer of truth. So where we were talking about the cognitive dissonance and people not really wanting to know the truth of a situation and 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 we're actually being, I, I believe, kind of we're being manipulated. We've been manipulated for a really, really long time, even, even in simplest terms, through advertising, through news, through media, all this stuff barrages our emotional and our desire body. Um, and they use sacred geometry in adverts. If you think of the Chanel yeah. advert and, you know, car logos and things like that. And they can, it's very pro programmable. But the way that I use it and have been guided to use it is to bring it back to its original divine blueprint and just to bring everything back into divine alignment to unconditional love. So the diamond is about lasering through any useless or um unhelpful information any interference in your own awareness of you as who you are your true desires what you want how you want to live your life and i mean this stuff's quite interesting so i found working with these frequencies that and a few times in my life so we talk about awakening i've had a number of them as i'm sure you have too susan but Every time I've gone through some are fun and some aren't so fun. Oh my god, yeah. I just went through the biggest one ever. I've been through the hugest crossroads recently. And you know, I thought I was awakened before, and then suddenly I'm like, whoa, I really thought I wanted this. And actually, I don't think I ever wanted this. I think I actually want this. I mean, one of the biggest ones I've just been through is the whole motherhood thing. You know, I tried for years to have a baby and was knocking my head against this wall of like, I need to be a mother, I need to be a mother, I need to be a mother. And then overnight I sort of woke up at the age of 45 and went, whoa, I'm not sure I want to be a mother or ever did. It was really a strange thing. And I'd been like wrestling with the universe and going, and then suddenly I was like, whoa, actually, I've actually got other things I really want to do with my life. And you could say that was an age thing that I'd passed through the age thing where your desires are like that. But I think what, you know, I was following this trajectory of get married, have babies, be the good wife. Yep. But actually yep. that's not what I'm here for. <laughs> I think I'm here for something different and birthing the book and birthing the, the book. And I've got two Oracle decks out now as well. And that's, that's the birth. This is the birth and the guardianship of the of the work, I think, is where it's at for me. And I never say never. You never know. I mean, that people are having babies into their 50s. We just don't know these days. But right now, this is what I'm birthing. Yes, absolutely you are. I I, I feel it. I and having read the book, um it is. It, this is this is big work. This is this is bigger than birthing. And raising a, a child it's you know this is bigger big work and um and i'm so grateful that you've done this alexandra because this i, I was saying this to you before we started but this is this book uh archangel alchemy healing alexandra built it so that it's kind of like an intro for people that don't kind of know what that means you know some people might pick it up because they're curious about archangels, but she's built it so that you can develop all these different modalities of, or remember, like, like you said, remember these different modalities that we all naturally have access to. And she's got great protocols and all sorts of stuff. There's also, you do, you've got um, how to align with the angelic vibrations, but also how to ground and clear yourself. There's preparation exercises. They're not hard to do. Um, you've got exercises in all the clairs and how to develop those if people are interested. But I'm, I, I just think it's the way you've built it. It's for people that haven't explored this, that can begin to explore it. And you've done so much research to build this book. I'm mm -hmm. so enamored with you for your 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 human brain that loves to do this research oh my god but, the bibliography and the end notes just i, I know so i was long. like oh my <laughs> and i read a bunch of these books and you and you referenced them so well but um but 
But then you get at the back of the book is where you talk specifically about the angels. And I really feel because I read it front to, to back. I, oh, you're I like usually, me. I do that. <laughs> but I, I, I tried to pick it up in the middle. I was like, oh, this isn't that's not working a couple times. And then I went, all right, go just do the old school front to back. Um, but if people were to drop in at the back of the book with the angels and the descriptions and what they're what they're jobs are here and the color color spectrum they are you wouldn't understand it everybody you got to you got to start at the beginning build your chops develop your particular spiritual practice or um your clair and do some of these um exercises you she's got cleansing rituals i mean you've got everything in here and i just I love so. that it's a one stop yeah so. and I, but i think the most Probably the most important section in this book for everybody is the section about channeling and how to channel. And it's only a small part of the book, but I give you my all my channeling protocols that the angels taught me and the, the channeling checklist, I call it, that it's just 10 things that you go through, how to protect your space, how do you know if what you're channeling is good and, and for your highest good and and what to do if you feel an energy that isn't for your highest good. And how to set the space. But my experience, a lot of people say to me, why channel? Like, why would you channel? Is it just a party trick? And I'm like, no, because if you can channel, if you can really channel, you the first most important relationship you have is with yourself. And if you can channel, you can access your higher self, your highest divinity, your highest authority over and above anyone else's beliefs, perceptions, agendas, judgments. And if you can channel, you can get the highest guidance. You can be steered in the right direction. It will never steer you wrong once you really learn to hone it. Um, but the other thing is you can also, like this is a living universe. You can channel multiple beings and guides, but you can also channel your left knee or the organs of your body, or you can talk to your blood and ask, you know, what do I need for my health? And you can start to... You know, especially while you're developing the clairvoyance and things, you know, I, I've started learning how, you know, I, the angels taught me this, how to do psychic surgery, how to do remote viewing. I was never taught it. Or maybe I was wow. in some lifetime when I was just now? remembering yeah. it. <laughs> yeah. But I think if you learn the channeling checklist and you practice with that and you learn how to do it for yourself, to me, the reason I shared everything in the book, I just literally shared everything in the book, was to empower people. And like you said, Susan, I think before we started that, you know, it's it's not for me to go and, you know, and go and do it for them. It's to teach them how to do it for themselves so that people need to know, you know, I've had multiple clients over the years say to me, well, you know, and how do I do this and how do I do that? And I, you know, when I started, I was a journalist, I was a, a magazine journalist and, um, you know, I I just was innately curious. So I went and did every course I could think of because I'd always thought, well, how do I do that? And how do I do that? And I want to do yeah, that for yeah, myself. Yeah. And I think yeah. the most empowering thing you can ever do is to go and learn it for yourself, just for yourself. You don't have to do it as a career. There's multiple undercover light workers in all systems and all all careers and all and all lines of work. You know, we've got light workers as garbage men and politicians. They're everywhere. Um, but I just think it's so empowering to learn to do this for yourself, which is why I wanted this book to really be a handbook. And like you say, take people through from the basics all the way through to the, you know, and even this, I think now where I'm at is probably a bit out of date. I'm like, God, there's more to add. There's oh, always yeah. more to add, you know. But oh, good. There'll be a sequel. Oh, definitely. Definitely. And I, and I have the Precious Wisdom Alchemy book needs to come as well at some point because I want to share that system with people as well. It's a bit like a secret weapon to undo some of the stuff that's been done that's clouded the, the waters. Truth serum, really. Yeah. <laughs> really. And I, yeah. So, because we're, we're coming out from under all that stuff now and it's so Absolutely. important. And, and I totally agree with you about, uh, I have clients that are still coming to me. I've actually decided not to take any more clients because my, the work I'm doing for myself within myself is radiating out. And that is, more powerful than working one-on-one -on -one with individuals um especially individuals that come back with the same story you know mm -hmm. I, I i jettison quite a few of those clients because they're 
in my experience and what you're just talking about, Alexandra, is that it's important that we as individuals take self-responsibility yeah. and that and and this part of the self-responsibility is learning the truth about who we are, that divine, that divine, infinite, higher love that we've always been and people have told us that we're not, you know, so um, it's just important that people learn how to take care of themselves themselves. And I, and I, I had clients that would come to me, oh, I I feel so much better after I see you. And then, you know, two weeks later, they're doing the same old shit. And I'm like, okay, you know, not taking responsibility. I loved it in your little intro video, you talk about personal responsibility. And I really love that. And it is true. You know, we, we can facilitate and we can offer guidance, but if people don't then go and implement the guidance in their daily lives, we're not here to wave a magic wand and fix people. We're just here to be conduits so that they can empower themselves. And at young exactly. you, I've had to, I have had to let a few people go for their own good over the years because yes. if they if they get attached, it's. But then what I tend to do is. I'll go away and sit with myself and be like, right, why did that person get attached? And where's the pro- where's the program in me? And go and alchemize. Yeah, why have I attracted that in? Yeah. Right, right. I, you know, I actually have a client that I have to does contact. It. <laughs> it doesn't stop. I have a client that I was teaching just kind of on, a, on the side. And um, and so he's learning. It's alchemy. He, I think he really is remembering very rapidly um, who he is and the skill sets he has, but what he's now doing uh, is using his newfound skill to he thinks uh, lighten other people's load. But what he's doing is manipulating their energy because it's their anybody that's having an issue that's their issue for whatever learning reasons they came to learn, and it's not for us as alchemists to metal with that that those individuals learning processes it's it's for us to stand um and hold light and love but it's not for us to influence them and that and that's part of the the collective i want to say dream state that humanity's been under is we need, you know, everybody thinks you can influence somebody else, you know, like you talked about advertising. I can influence you to buy my stuff if I do it the right way. And that's not where we're at anymore. It's not about manipulation and influencing. And and there's all these people making huge money as influencers. I'm just, I find it so funny that that is the most important thing to be an influencer by this lipstick. It looks great on me. Well, that lipstick's not going to look good on me. So why? (laughs) But if people aren't self-responsible, if they aren't consciously aware of who's, programming them and why then they walk around kind of half numb and not aware the numbness is exactly it i was just about to say that where is the void where is the emptiness you know we've been and i mean i don't get me wrong i love lipstick and i love dressing up and all of that stuff but it's not the only thing it's not the only thing you know where where is our true fulfillment coming from and i've been looking a lot at you know clients and and people with addiction and what what creates addiction and really addiction is a a way to self-soothe and we hold a Mm -hmm. lot of shame around addiction but actually addiction is you know it's filling a void it's 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 offering some sort of band-aid to help you feel better and it's it's only that momentary sort of buzz that people get out of the addiction and I do a lot of work of like sitting with what really is under this and usually it's great sadness or grief or loss or loneliness yeah. that that creates addiction or or huge trauma or fear that creates addiction and often you know we you know we like attracts like you know like you'll have people that say push people away sabotage relationships because they're afraid of being alone so they're creating aloneness by pushing people away yeah. without, you know but really they want connection and then you have people that like are afraid of dying so they're chain smoking cigarettes it's it's like it, it it sounds 
completely counterintuitive, but when we realize what what we do and and it's like that band-aid solution, it's like getting the buzz to take away from what is really going on, because if we really go in and face those fears, it's quite scary. But really at the end of the day, it's just emotion. And we're just humans, you know, we're humans, we all have emotions. And I think we're learning as a collective now that we don't have to suppress our emotions and we don't have to be ashamed of them and we don't have to hide from them. If we can bring it up and look at it and love it, love those parts of ourselves, even the the ugliest bits of ourselves. I mean, gosh, yes. I mean, it's brave. It is brave work to really. It's very courageous. The part, especially when you find the part of yourself that's like the manipulator or the trickster or, you know, whenever whatever you're faced with somebody like that and that you're like, God, that person. And then you're like, oh, crikey, I've just found that bit in me. <laughs> it's a really interesting, very interesting exercise. But, you know, yes. we're polishing up our, our lens. We're polishing up the 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 soul and we're we're coming into that that field of of innocence that 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 essence the essence of all of us is divine innocence you know we were all born innocent I don't believe there's any such thing as sin and beautiful Lars Mool who actually translated the Aramaic said that sin actually means to miss the mark that's all it means it means you just went in the slightly wrong direction but you can always bring yourself back it isn't that oh my god you're born wicked and you know you've got to you know we've been so we've been lied to indoctrinated exactly yeah exactly and there's been collective lies over eons that aren't true that are i think are coming to light and being shattered or discarded as people begin to realize they are they are the master of their own inner wisdom they are the one that they can they can talk to spirit and the angels and all the hierarchies on their own without an inter- intermediary you know you don't need a coach yeah. right to talk to or hear or be get receive guidance you just need to be willing to sit with yourself and and transmute just listen yep yep and just listen um alexandra thank you for joining me now you have a youtube channel as well so i do and i would love you to come on and be my guest susan oh fun i would love to do that (laughs) that would be amazing i say yes i say yes whenever (laughs) whenever we can but so the i was looking at some of your videos and then you also had some uh, on the YouTube channel, you have some of your channeling that's there that I, I found very, um, for me personally, very um, uh, life affirming for my for my path, my mm-hmm. personal path. Mm-hmm. So yeah, so thank you for that. Thank you for the work you do. And, and so it's Alexandra, Alexandra Wenman, W-E-N-M-A-N. And YouTube show, go to her website. It alexandrawenman.com get the book archangel alchemy healing but and you also have um some oracle cards i've got with the the deck this actually goes with the book so these two this was going to be the original archangel alchemy and then it was not i needed to add more to it so the cards came out first about a year 2020 the cards came out archangel fire oracle so all the angels that are in here you'll get them in here but there's a bit more information and it's lovely it's an oracle deck as well and then i actually have a a water alchemy oracle coming in april as well which is all about the wisdom of the water and emotional mastery really this one's about stepping into your power really packs a punch um yeah and then the this is the, the the alchemical fire but both of the decks, you know, I guess you can use it as an alchemical journey. You can work your way from card one to card 40 and do it sort of day by day or week by week. Or you can shuffle the deck and pull a card. But it's not just there's a there's a message in each one, but it's more about the alchemical process, the healing. So every card has a healing process, meditation and then also. Oh, I love that. Yeah, and it's and it's also how do you embody it? How do you become the angel in your daily life? What sort of scenarios in day-to-day reality, because we have to stay grounded, would this situation right. come up in and how can you how can this angel help you to get through it? How can you embody those qualities to get through it? Oh, I love that. So thank you it's so much for angels, joining me. Thank you it so much. It is time much for angels. For 
<laughs> uh, you're so welcome. And I, again, I just want to say it out loud. Thank you for the work you do. It is definitely leading all of us into a brighter, better tomorrow. So thank you so much, Alexandra. I appreciate you. Oh, bless you, honey. Likewise. And thank you so much for having me and just so much love and, and hope everyone is wherever you are and um, in the world having a wonderful new year. And um, thank you so much, love. You're welcome. So I'm just going to end with, and so it is, namaste. Well, that wraps up our empowering chat today. I hope you enjoyed it. And if you did, go to susanburrell.com. You can see all the information about my new book, Live an Empowered Life, a 30-Day Journey. You can also access guided meditations that I have on Insight Timer through the website and just see what else is out there on my site that you might find empowering and exciting to experience. You can also contact me through the website at susan at susanborell.com. So that's it for today. See you next time. <laughs>